we gotta go to Aspen. And uh, then, then uh, Harry, Jeff Davis goes, I don't know, Lloyd. The French are assholes. <laughs> That's like the best line in Dumb and Dumber, and, and everyone misses it. It's so good. I think that's one of the one things I didn't miss, but also I'm not the biggest Dumb and Dumber fan. Really? I didn't, I didn't, something about the movie I just didn't like, man. I don't know. I'm, I was never really into the slapstick comedies except for slapstick. Yeah. Or slapshot, I, I, I mean, slapshot. <laughs> Sla- yeah, slapshot is awesome. Uh, yeah. The Hanson Brothers are killer. <laughs> Great and musicians, too. Obviously, we talked on the podcast before about Weekend at Bernie's a classic, but like, <laughs> oh, and like Hot Shots was also a good movie. Uh, something yeah. about Dumb and Dumber, I just never really got into like that genre. Dumb and Dumber came at the right time for me, and that was the first movie that like my mom ever took me to, where she was like about to pull me out of the movie because she was offended, but I was enjoying it too much, and like yeah. that little moment of subversion really like hard codes it into my soul. But that movie has a deceptively smart script of wordplay, and uh, we give we think of it as a slapstick, and largely because the utterly garbage sequel is slapstick and the dumbass prequel is slapstick but dumb and dumber has a lot of really fun wordplay and a lot of really fun character work that i think is lost or forgotten about because there's so much falling over and you know pooping in a toilet that doesn't flush and you know but i get it i can get why people hate that it's it's very uh, wantonly low morale um i forgot the prequel existed yeah it's got shula boo in it but thing speaking of things that do exist Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hot Property. My name is Stephen Richards. My name is Dan Scully. And since this is an audio podcast, I'll let you know I'm just like throwing alternating dabs at you right now, Steve. You know why? Because I got a haircut. It looks good, man. Thanks, man. It feels great. As you ripped your hat off right now now and revealed um, what I can only uh, describe as like a 1950s uh, lead singer guitarist for a sock hop band. <laughs> I was thinking it's like um, a David Lynch look, but you know, that's just because no, I, I feel like you're about to start singing like um, Earth Angel at me. Earth wow. Angel, <laughs> Earth Angel. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Or what's the uh, every day? It's a good The beginning of that song, yeah. just the yeah, I never can't think that it's the sound of someone masturbating. And every time that song comes on, because it goes like, "Wow, okay, well, thanks for ruining that song." I'm really well. The vocal, thing. yeah, but yeah. it's like a really fleshy fap noise. And when I heard that in the trailer for uh, "We Need to Talk About Kevin," I was just like, "This song sounds like someone fapping it up." And I'd love to ask Buddy Holly about it, but he had to go die in a plane crash. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck him, right? Yeah, but I mean, Gary Busey did get nominated for an Oscar for playing him, so that's interesting. I th- did not know that. I believe that's the... I know he played him. I don't know if Gary he, uh, Busey? I believe so. Maybe I'm talking completely out of my asshole here. No. Because um, I'm picturing the teeth. Gary Busey, best known for the wow, Buddy Holly is, story this in is coming. This came out in 1978, yeah. Uh, Oscar, Oscar nominated lead performance nominee, by Gary Busey. Look at that. And it won for best original score. He doesn't like even look. See that. He looks more like Buddy Holly than it looks like Gary Busey in this fucking shit. Oh, yeah. He didn't. And that's, that's he, hard he to do because, because Gary Busey has a very definitive look. Yeah, he has since grown out of his teeth. Look. <laughs> um, but no, you know what? I, 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 wanted, I would love to talk about my experience getting a haircut. Because my typical haircut lady, Juju, uh, she owns the salon Citrus by Juju. I highly recommend it because they do 10 to $15 haircuts, and that's it. If you get there and there's four people in front of you, you're still only going to be there for 20 minutes. Because Juju works fast, and she works relatively clean, sometimes a little uneven, but she works cheap. And I always just went because to me, it's no different. I'm like, I don't know. But I, I was walking by a Wait, really nice. Like? I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I was like. You just I'm made just a random noise. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, okay, okay. you know, I do. Uh, but I was walking by this place, and I want to give it a shout out. <laughs> Blade and Badger on Passyunk. 
it's like one of those nice places. They have a sign out front that used to say walk-ins welcome, but it was walk-in and it has Christopher Walken. But like everybody there is tatted up and it looks pretty rock and roll. But I was walking by, I was like, I should get a haircut. My hair is disgusting. And uh, it's more expensive than Juju by a decent amount. But I'll tell you what, I am never getting a cheap haircut again because they spend like an hour on it. They give you a beer if you want. And I was like eating candy, but like they abided by all the things like masks stayed on. Um, They even had a device that could keep my mask on after they unhook it from my ears so they can cut by my ears. But this guy was working. So they had a a paper clip. No, but it was like a thing that was probably 3D printed, but it's essentially a paper clip. But it's less pokey, Steve. That's the thing. It's designed for ergonomics. (laughs) And, uh, but he was like working the razor blade. Uh, like, and I came out of that and when my hair is not, you know, in bedhead mode, man, it looks hot and I am never getting a cheap, just getting a hair. Like this is worth the money, uh, to feel how yeah. good about, uh, I've been flying high on this haircut for all week since I got it. Looks it looks great. Cause it looks thank really you, good. Thank you. And it, and it feels great. And I just feel fucking good, man. <sighs> and now we got to We're going to have to put on the Instagram, a photo of you with your hair all dolled up looking good. Oh yeah. I gotta, now, I gotta people, wait now that we've talked about it enough, curling back over. But yeah, I can be Buddy. Um, I think I have Buddy Holly sunglasses or regular glasses that I could. Where do I go? I forgot what the name of the place is here in Manayunk. Well, Blade um, and Badger was pretty. Blade and Badger is a kick-ass name. Oh, I go to Make Your Mark on Main Street. Make Your Mark is a uh, is Style of Man still on a uh, Main Street? Yeah, but style. You know what I realized about I'm Style of Man. Because that, that used to be my, my go-to place. But here's the thing about Style of Man, and I hope this doesn't get me in trouble. But this in Style of Man... The masses are going to hear there's, this, Steve. There's only women okay, in, I mean, that work at Style of Man. And, it's only, and it, it took me getting my hair cut by a dude for the first time ever, like, last year, where I was like, dudes understand dudes' hair more. Like, I would, <laughs> I would never even... Like, I would never assume that, like you know, your regular male barber would understand the nuances of female hair. And I don't expect the opposite. Like we, like, you yeah, know, that's fair. I, like I, I had, I had like, as soon as I walked out of the shop, it was the same feeling you had. I was like, wow, I'm never getting my hair cut at style of man. Again. It might've just been them too, because yeah, they weren't, yeah. they, it wasn't a very good barbershop style of man, but make your mark. Like the same thing. Very, very opening, very welcome. Handed me a beer. I didn't have any candy though. That, I was, I was a little yeah. upset when you said you got candy. Candy was but... on the way up, but it's Halloween. That's why it's Halloween yeah. season. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It was all, you know, it was like Reese's and stuff. But they've got like um, skateboards hanging up in their shop. They have. There's one skateboard on the wall. Yeah. They've yeah. got like a couple bottles of whiskey hanging out that, you know, everyone's just kind of like sampling and shit like that. They had a PS4. Yeah, they had, they had yeah. some kind of game system. But they were watching when I got there. They were watching, I think they were watching Halloween 2. So oh, yeah, like, cool. Well, which okay. one? Uh, the first Halloween 2. Okay. I like the Rob Zombie Halloween 2. I don't like the Rob Zombie Halloween I never seen it, but I'm excited for Halloween Kills, the third yeah. Halloween 2. Halloween yeah. 2, <laughs> part 3. Yeah, Halloween 2, 4. Yeah. <laughs> the the reason. My buddy... But, my buddy Wait, my buddy asked me the other day because he's been. I don't know if you ever played Metal Gear for PlayStation. Yeah, he was asking me about like what's the most like convoluted but awesome like set of media that you've ever uh, like digested. It could be like a video game or a TV show or movie. And I was like, well, I've been thinking about the Halloween timeline a lot. <laughs> but I, but oh, my, but my number one answer is definitely Lost. Series last year. Oh yeah, Lost is crazy. Yeah. Lost is the That's most the awesome thing. and convoluted TV series yeah. in, in existence. There's multiple realities. There's yeah. multiple timelines. There's like a hundred Desmonds. Yeah. You know, Pana. Oh man, Sawyer though. That's what always always comes. What I always come back to is I think back and I go, Sawyer really warmed my heart when him and a uh, Blondie Pants were together in the past, uh, uh, having their own little thing. Oh, what was her name? Oh no, Elizabeth. No, no. I think that's the. I think it's the actor's name. Wow, we're really fucking up. Well, I will and say I know this. there's I know there's like at least three lost fans that listen to this podcast. Gonna, Remember when she fell down the up. hole where the bomb was and he was like, yeah. Juliet! Ah! Juliet, like, yeah. Juliet! Was, Played by Elizabeth Mitchell, so I was right I was Elizabeth right there. Elizabeth Mitchell. 
yeah. she was great um, that's oh so good dude man. i remember i was in th- that was like the season four or five Wait, finale that was season five can finale. i say one thing about the the haircut yeah growing up i've only had female females cutting my hair just because that's the way it worked out very rarely mm. did a male cut my hair and this was just by sheer scheduling that a male cut my hair but he did this is the best haircut i've ever had so I don't know if there's, but at the same time, I suspect that every other stylist at Blade and Badger would have given me the same quality haircut. Yeah. I got that vibe. So I, you know, I, this is kind of my first experience with a guy cutting my hair ever, really, maybe once or twice, but like really putting the craft into it. And so I don't have enough data to refute or confirm your point, but I'm going to take into consideration and tour the stylist. I've... Well, because I've had the same, I've had the same barber every time I went to make your mark. So I guess I don't really have the data to do that either. Saying, it's I might the same go back dude. to just the same guy because he was very cool. Once and, you find, once you find somebody yeah. like sex be damned, like just fucking go back <laughs> yeah, to them, dude. Go back. To <laughs> but anyway, lost. Um, I'm sorry. So Julia, I, w- I remember I again. was, I was in Brooklyn, for the season five, uh, finale of Lost, and they were serving dharma beer and uh like they had the dharma initiative tap yeah yeah and they also I like some kind of like for the finale nice but i just i just printed out dharma logos and put it on the guac they also had squished it into the guac <laughs> 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 they also had some kind of like fruit like fruity rum island punch because they're on an island like that was yeah. the that was the part of the theme but Whatever was in that fucking punch, man, fucked me up because I don't remember the second half. I don't remember that fucking uh, the the scene. I had to rewatch it. The scene where Juliet's smashing the bomb and saying like, you know, yeah, uh, you piece of shit or whatever she said. Yeah. And then like they like the quintessential like lost finale thing, but it was reversed. It was what it was black text on white. Oh, okay. And that's like the only thing I remember is that I remember seeing that the logo was reversed on the final screen and me just screaming in the bar. Cause we were in a bar, like doing the screening. Yeah. yeah. Me just screaming in the bar. No. <laughs> and my friend at the time was like, Steve, you got to like, seriously dial it the fuck back. Like we're going, we're leaving right now. And um, I don't the remember going, stand, I don't remember going back to their place. And I had a flight to LA at, like at 7 a.m. the next morning uh, out of JFK. I woke up at 5.30 and I fucking, I had to take like a, That's I had a to take a dude. taxi. Oh, dude, it was, I, I, I made it, but it was fucking, it was rough, dude. It was really I rough. only was, was ever hung flight. over on a plane once, but luckily I was coming back from Colorado and I wasn't sure about the legality of traveling with certain things that I had purchased in Colorado. So I just ate them all before I got on the plane. And that's stupid. No, no, dude. Honestly, best flight I ever had because it killed my hangover. And I was just, it was an overnight, like in, not overnight because it's only a three, four hour flight, yeah. but it was an at night into the morning flight that took off as the sun was starting to crest over the Rocky Mountains. And I had a window seat. Wow. And just flying home and like the sunrise following and like as we flew into it was like, Man, unbelievable! Like that was the best part of my Colorado trip was that flight back because I was just fucking on another planet. I was also just sitting there like, I'm in a chair that's moving like 600 miles an hour in the fucking sky, and this is impossible, and it's happening, and it's safe, and it's impossible. I don't get it. That's why I'm scared to fly because every time I get on a plane, I'm like, this shouldn't be happening. Like we shouldn't be able to be doing this. It's quite literally like the safest way to get from a to b no matter what that a to, like it's more dangerous for me to go downstairs to my kitchen just on account of the steps being there than it is for me to fly on a plane to new zealand like that's statistically i understand i understand this and i'm a stats man i like sports yeah, stats but, but i don't understand so that mind-blowing about it is that you can oh. throw all the stats at fuck me, airplanes but the fact of the matter is that fuck plane airplanes. weighs more than i can fathom and it's rocketing through the sky easily. That's just, I don't get it. They're too heavy to fly, and I don't believe in them. I don't believe Okay, in well, you know what? Think about Lost. I, dude, this is where it all began. <laughs> it's like, damn. Actually, dude. you know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you. If I could have, if I could guarantee 
and I don't know, I, I would want to not know this either, but if I could guarantee having an adventure like Lost, but also oh, have, yeah. to, have to be in a plane crash in Hawaii, uh, sign me up for two. I would love yeah. to have an adventure like that. Honestly, I could live two seasons. Yeah. I well, think, I think after that, I'd be like, listen, Freckles, I've got to get back to Philly. <laughs> My work thinks well, I'm dead. What, <laughs> so what, I guess it's, it gets tricky with the timeline, but like, what was the... I wonder if you like could somehow make it linear. How long could we figure out they were actually on the island? It couldn't have been that long. Like maybe a couple of months. I honestly don't think about it in terms of like months. I think about it just in terms of every season and the break between seasons equals yeah. about one year on the island. That's how I thought of it. Okay. I, well, um, here's also the other thing. When I first saw Lost was one of those things, my buddy Mausner, he was like, do you ever watch Lost? And I was like, yeah, I hear it's great, but it's like three seasons in. I, I'm not starting a show. And he was like, you should just watch the pilot. They're all free on ABC.com. You can just watch the whole thing. But watch the pilot. It's kind of like watching a movie. And so I did, and then I got cracked out on it. And the very last episode, like I caught up to it live on the, I think it was the season four finale when Locke oh, turned yeah. the crank and made the island disappear. Yeah, and, and at then that point, you find out that Jack was having like, flash forwards. Yeah, we have to go back. Ah! Yeah. Dude, that was the worst withdrawal I've one... ever experienced because the next season didn't start for like another year. And I the had just mainlined strike. four seasons of, well, th season three was the writer's strike season. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I just, I caught up to it. Like I started from season one and maybe like two months got up to where it was so that like i think i watched the season four finale live i think that's how it worked but i just remember the one where charlie dies like, fuck man like i just cracked myself out i defined my life for a chunk of it by lost and now i have to yeah. wait a year it was that was a very bad tv withdrawal without a doubt that was also one where charlie dies which is like with the saddest death and i think television history. oh the <laughs> yeah now, I have a sadder death, or at least the one that haunts me more. Can I do Breaking Bad spoilers? Of course. The, the, okay. the statute of limitations on both these shows has been over for a long time. <laughs> well, if anybody... Uh, but I would like to preserve the experience of Breaking Bad, so tune out for about 20 seconds. You're going to be spoiled. But I think about the passing of one Hank Schrader pretty mm. much weekly. No, I'll put Charlie above that. I don't think about Charlie as much, but I also, because I didn't watch it weekly, my, my time with Charlie was, was much, uh, like I oh, caught yeah. up to Breaking Bad uh, pretty early in its run, like maybe at the end of the third season. So my time with Hank, especially with Hank becoming like a really compelling character was in real time. Whereas my time with Charlie was probably all in all about three weeks. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, because I was, you know, it's, yeah. and then he was gone. I think but this is the most that Hurley. we've talked about. This is the most we've talked about television programs uh, because you're yeah. you're the movie guy and I'm the TV guy. So I've been well, I've been yeah. so cracked out watching tons of movies and my head hurts, but I can't wait to get back to some TV because both Fargo, uh, season four, and The Haunting of Bly Manor are two things that I really want to catch up on. Um, yeah, so although I, I just did watched... start watching. The, I did watch season episode one of the new episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh yeah, I meant to watch that to get so we could talk about it because I figured you'd well, watch at least you one have or time two. Because Jenna's out yeah. of town for two days, and then I have a film festival, and we watch that one together. So it's going to be a mm. couple weeks before we're caught up. But I'll tell you what: first episode, compelling. But when you think about it even a little, it was kind of it's kind of a crappy episode. We got to get her back on for Mystery Solvers Part 2. Um, yeah, we'll definitely I, I gotta do that, say, without a doubt. I, I binged uh, all day yesterday, actually. Um, yeah? Woke. I don't know that called, one. It's called Woke on Hulu um, with uh, Lamorne. Fuck, what is his name? Lamorne Morris. Uh, he, played Winston, he, he played Winston in New Girl. And um, he's like, he plays a cartoonist and he gets um, profiled and attacked by police. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, like everyday objects become cartoon characters telling him what he needs to write about as far as the cartoonist goes. And he that like kind of, he has to deal with the, 
um, the like the the back and forth of him wanting to like keep things light as a cartoonist or take action as an activist, and it's it's like really, first of all, it's definitely poignant for today's shitty oh, yeah. fucking uh, tempo, and that's a really also, fun idea. But they keep it, they do keep it funny in a way where it's both entertaining and also like gets you thinking, you know. And it's it's really yeah, it's, I always appreciate that. Creative as hell, like definitely like an easy watch. Half an hour episodes, only eight of them. So you what can is finish it on? It. Uh, Hulu. Okay, nice. So definitely, that's my recommendation for the week uh, to check that out if you have four hours at your behest. Nice. I uh, I would like to watch that. Yeah. <sighs> There's just so much. It's also I've got that. Who's that dude with the big hair from uh, Workaholics? Oh, I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking Anders about. something or other. Uh, Maybe I that was. find out. He's the one with the long hair? Yeah, like he was the one in the bear costume with Workaholics. Is it Blake Anderson? Blake Anderson, yeah. Or Anders Holm. Now, Anders Holm's the clean. No, Anders one. Holm was the was the big was the big dude. Yeah, he was the tall one that was like the slightly more straight laced. Yeah, the fu- the funnier one that's not um, uh, little Jason Bateman. <laughs> baby Bateman, little yeah. baby Bateman. I um, what did I? I don't know why we're just. You talking told about me you had, you told me you had something. You texted me earlier this week that you said oh, you yeah. had something that you wanted to get like dig your heels into and fuck shit up about. So I want I want to get into that. I've got beef. So I want to take you back a couple of years back. A movie came out called A Good Day to Die Hard. My first memory of A Good Day to Die Hard, which is is what? I love that movie. The the fifth one. Oh no! I'm thinking about Live Free or Dive Dive Hard. I love Live Free or Die Hard. The too. Matthew now, the Matthew Phelps story. <laughs> set the stage. I think that Die Hard is a perfect movie and doesn't need sequels. And I actually like to view Die Hard as separate from the sequels because it's just so singular and iconic. That said, the sequels are some of the best action movies out there, and McLean is so much fun. So I love them. And um, so I don't care that they get kind of batty or or ridiculous. I do care when they get lazy. And A Good Day to Die Hard was very lazy. That's the one, uh, Yippee-ki-yay-mother-Russia, I believe was the poster tagline. But I remember working at Chili's the day that the trailer dropped, and I showed it to you, and you went, I'm, that like made my day better. I'm legitimately excited for this. And I said, yeah, I know, right? And I, I, I felt like, okay, so I'm not alone in how this movie looks pretty good. And then the day it came out, no one was around, so I walked to the theater to see it by myself. And it was about 10 minutes into that thing that I was sitting there by myself, and I was like, this is bad. I think and if I can me, just real the quick one say, guy, the re- reason I wasn't around that day is probably because I think the marketing had gotten to me, and I was like, you know what? This movie looks like trash. I changed my yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> and you made the right decision. But there was a point about 10 minutes into it where I was like, well, I have to finish it. I'm the guy who would like this, and I don't like this at all. And then I got out, and then the movie ended, and I was like, that was fucking garbage, whatever, I can move on. And then I go outside, and I had forgotten my umbrella, and it was pouring raining. And so I just walked home sad in the rain, like <laughs> fucking diehard. So my most recent experience with currently released diehard media is bad. But there's always been chatter about more diehards that could pot- potentially be a course correction or just further madness. I don't care at this point. But a hashtag shows up on Twitter. Hashtag diehard is back. Don't look it up because there's a twist. I'm not going. Diehard die is back. I'm sitting on and my hands. Like, what is this? What is diehard is back? And then I click it and there's a teaser. And it's Bruce Willis looking kind of tired. Um, I actually referenced him in a movie review I wrote the other day. And I said that he's looking increasingly like Casper the Friendly Ghost. And he's really getting there. And uh, it's him just like standing in the middle of like there's like a bunch of cars parked around him and he like has that look on his face like how the fuck did i get into this situation <laughs> like I, like it's i'm like oh shit this is a diehard thing and like the headlights hit him and like dude step up to fight it, it, i forget the specifics of it but it like disappeared and i was like man what is this what is diehard is back and then a tweet pops up in my feed and it's the guy who played argyle 
in the first movie, the actor who played Argyle, he's the limo driver. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's finally, it's good to be back to where I started. And he's sharing the Die Hard is Back thing with this what? weird, like, clip of something. And so I got amped up, but I tweeted, I was like, if this whole Die Hard is Back thing turns out to be a commercial for, like, fucking Wrangler jeans or some shit, I'm taking hostages, because I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> so I was, I was right, but I was wrong about the product. You can watch a very, very poorly, poorly done, just utterly awful performance from Bruce Willis. Uh, the only person who's even showing up is Argyle, and I'm pretty sure he just needed the gig. Uh, just this awful, awful two and a half minute commercial about John McClane unable to get out of a bad situation because his car doesn't have a diehard brand battery. You know those diehard batteries? It's that. And so it's a whole commercial for Die Hard brand batteries that have now tied into Die Hard. And you know what? I'm always the guy that goes, yeah, make a new Ghostbusters. Who cares? If it's bad, the, the other ones are still there. If it's good, great. You know, I'm that guy. And nine times out of 10, the new thing that comes out, Ghostbusters, for example, I enjoy. But I'm drawing the line here. I'm because I've been myself. put through the ringer by this thing that I love most, this thing that was once perfect, and now it's a commercial for a fucking car battery. And it's like, Bruce Willis, if you needed this money so fucking bad that you did the car battery commercial, and then you phoned that in, you, then you just gotta eat shit out of my ass, dude. Because if, if you're so desperate that you're doing battery commercials, then the very least you can do for a diehard riff is show the fuck up. Get the fuck out terrible. of here. Oh, it was a, oh, whoa. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. That's, I'm so mad. I am insane. Because now it's, so now it's in the canon. I, but I mean, at the same time, we can reject it as canon because Die Hard Trilogy, the game on PlayStation, not canon. Lots of fun. Great game. Uh, Die Hard Trilogy 2, Viva Las Vegas. Great game. Great not game. canon. Um, there's two prequel comic books where John McClane gets into other situations. Um, I've not read them. I would love to. Not canon, especially since, you know, he, he fucking cries in the first Die Hard because he thinks he's going to die hard. And, uh, you know, by the end, you know, by the fourth one, he's, he's scowling missiles out of the sky. But I'm into it. it it's great. It's good action because at least they're trying. But now, yeah, I got to disagree with you get the on one thing. Yeah. Is that Die Hard Three might be one of the best sequels ever? Oh wait, where where, where are you disagreeing with me? Because you said you didn't you didn't like the Die Hard sequels, but you like action. But I think Die no, Hard no, Three no, 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 no. is That's one not of the what best. Oh, what I said is I don't like to think of the sequels as canon to the first one. The first one's so good and so singular that when I watch that, I don't think about the future of John McClane. I want to keep it there, so it's there. The same way that like. If you watch a Godzilla movie, all the Godzilla movies are sequels to the first Godzilla movie, but none of them are related to one another. Maybe like two or three are, but there's, you know, 50 of them. That's how I think of the diehards. Every single diehard is a sequel to the first one, but they're all just unrelated. Some are better than others. It, I, that's how I feel about it. It allows me to compartmentalize the fact that five fucking blows so hard. But no, I think three is one of the best sequels of all time. My controversial opinion, though, is that it's my least favorite of the Die Hard sequels proper, not counting five, because I think two is just phenomenal and four is just a bitch in action movie. But that's like but three is the one with Simon that, Gruber. Yeah, and oh, and it's great. I think it's it this bolsters, is no love it bolsters the. We're not going to agree on this. No, no, but here's the thing. This is just the taste <laughs> thing. I agree with you. I think that's one of the best sequels ever made. It's funny. It's got a great buddy of of thing going on. I love the water jug scene. I think that's so funny. Um, I can still never remember how that riddle's figured out, even though it's been described. Oh, it's been. I don't want. I, I don't need to hear it again. I'm going to forget it again. They don't describe it well in the movie, but yeah. uh, you can just read it, and it actually makes perfect yeah. sense. But they have to keep it quippy. <laughs> but uh, no, I. This is like saying that like Dire Three is my least favorite of two, three, and four. Uh, that's just saying it's it's my least favorite. Not that it's. I think those are all fantastic sequels, but 
my enjoyability quotient is pretty darn high on two because also, Jeremy Dennis Irons Brand. is just amazing. He's so good in that. But uh, two, got, has, two has a, a Bill Sadler. I didn't like two. Playing Russian. Uh, I've got some beef as well. Yeah, let's hear some beef. And let me, let me preface this by saying everybody, I mean, it's a little bit late now for most states, but please make sure you're registered to vote and please make sure you have a plan to vote. But my beef is with, um, if I get one more fucking uh, text or phone call about voting, I'm going to um, burn this country to the ground. I have already voted. And this week, I've already texted the phrase, unsubscribe, oh, 10 times. It's insane. Yeah. I have already voted. How it's many, in. like, it's, it's insane to me. I get so many calls. It's insane to me how many organizations are out there that are about voter registration and getting people to the polls. And that's great. And that's fine. But I feel like with the, with the sheer number of these organizations, maybe consolidate your power a little bit into this, <laughs> yeah. like, maybe like three or four, maybe tops five organizations that are doing the same exact job. I think though, they everyone see it else as a war of attrition. I think they just see it as, because like, think about it. What is a sticker with a presidential candidate on it? But to just kind of keep that name in the periphery for someone who's just like, duh, and they, you know, I remember that sticker, you know, yeah. and, I, and I think that they're just trying to make, and, and I got to say, I, I'm always polite when I ask to unsubscribe or if I take the call and I just say, no, thank you, or I've already voted. I'm always polite because I, I think that it's good to have voter advocacy. I think it should be made as easy and accessible and, and as, as heralded a thing to go vote, especially in smaller elections, ladies and germs, you should do that. Yes. Um, um, but like, I, I'm glad that voter advocacy exists, but I am with you, dude. There's, it's too much. I get it, it's I, an important election, but like, fucking leave me alone. <laughs> I voted. <laughs> I, I kind of fucked up, I felt bad. Um, somebody, so somebody texted me, this was, uh, um, a week ago today actually um somebody texted me like uh hey are you registered to vote and i'm like yeah i've been registered for like since i was 18 years old dude and he was like <laughs> i well, registered thanks. at a cake concert at the electric yeah. factory <laughs> <I did. laughs> he was like thanks for letting me know what's the what's the top issue you're thinking about ahead of the election and i responded with making new laws under the fcc so don't get fucking texted and robocalled all the time <laughs> and he well, no, no, I, no, no, no. I felt bad because this is the response. We're actually not robots. It's illegal to have robots sending these messages. So we're just volunteers who get yelled at constantly. We can unsubscribe you if you say stop. Yeah. And then I was like, now I'm the asshole. Yeah. You know what? I did that earlier. But they ha I mean, they have to understand that, like, like I said, there's so many of these organizations out here trying to do their job, and I get that. But at the same time, if these organizations thought about the end user experience, which you should be thinking about, especially when it comes yeah. to something as important as an election, the, like you said, the idea of attrition is going to be applied, even if they don't intend that to be the situation, because yeah. like it's, it, it's every one of them. And like, for me, someone who gets kind of like overwhelmed with having a lot of things shoved in my face like this, and I'm still going to vote, but it makes me not want to because of how much yeah. like, over stimulus i've been getting about it and that like really like i think that like you know me being a, a person that will still get out to the polls you gotta think there's a people out there that won't be going out to the polls because yeah of that. they get intimidated by it like i don't go into gnc ever because they're so aggressive <laughs> about their customer service and it makes me uncomfortable and yeah. I, it's never not happened so i just not that i really go to gnc but you know um I, I yeah like it's just one of those things that I know they think is a feature and it's a complete bug for me so I don't go in um so I get that and like it it's so the political machine would be so much more effective if it took into consideration exactly what you're talking about the fact that some yeah. people go enough I'm shutting down I'm going to be fine you know and like yeah that's a privileged point of view but it's one that exists and so it, it would be much more interesting to me to get on um, to figure out a way to market to those people and to, to stop making policy. 
politics supposed to bring out the best in people and it consistently yeah. brings out the worst and and it's also and like, a lot of people hate being reminded of that and that's what that serves as i think that's my point and this whole thing is a great reflection of how you know the government doesn't consider the individual when it thinks about its next move like mm-hmm. it only and this is like this is an overarching theory that i have too i think this country is way too big i think that we like you know if you think that the rights of somebody in Louisiana or the needs of somebody in Louisiana are the same as the needs of somebody in California. You're fucking insane. Yeah. Like, I think that like, you know, there's it's a really like good book. different terrain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a really good book that um, makes a huge case for states rights called the, the United countries of America or something like that, that um, I'll have to look up and give you the exact title by the end of the podcast. But it, it talks about how, because the cultures shifted from the inception of this country, like we don't have like one united front as a country. And that's why we don't get along so well is because our cultures have evolved and almost like Pangea moved across this country. And all those cultures have different beliefs and different needs and different, you know, utilizations for their spaces. And it makes a really good case for, like I said, states rights, but, that's like the only Republican view that I really have. Other than that, it's like, you know, I agree with pretty much everything else. Um, I agree. I actually agree with that, too. I, I mean, I was raised in a very conservative family. And as I've grown up, I've become a member of the holy shit, all of this scares me party. But um, at the same time, like, as you know, as I grew away from from being conservative, that's like the one that I really held on to. Because I think states rights is a thing. And I actually think that that the left would be much more effective if they understood that one of the tenet, one of the silent tenets of the right is that they don't like being told what to do by outsiders. Yeah. And so, but then comes this clash where it's like states' rights are a thing that I think should be preserved because that's how our country was supposed to be. But at the same time, like gay marriage, that should be a federal law. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, so where is that push-pull of you know, where we would say to someone as an outsider, like, no, gay marriage has to be legal. I don't care what you think about it in your state. This is this is a matter of humanity. Yeah. But at the same time, have them maintain being like, but this is, a, and like, and have that be the local belief. You know, I disagree with them, but it is purely American for them to have a homophobic belief if they so choose, you know? And so it's like, it's such a messy thing. Um, and that's why, and that's why like- States rights, because there's, there's those, yeah. that weird dichotomy. And that brings me back to the point of like, this country is just way too big. Like look at countries in Europe, they're uh, a fraction of the size that we are. And they're, oh, yeah. and they're succeeding in a lot of huge, huge ways. Uh, the book I'm talking about is called American Nations, A History of the 11 Rival Regional Cultures of North America by Whoa. Colin Woodard. So yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a thick read, honestly. It took me a while to get through because it, it's, it's kind of read as like a textbook and like we talked about in another podcast i hated high school so it was very audiobook it yeah textbook audiobook, stuff i like uh, to audiobook because it becomes a yeah. podcast audiobook is available nice so see i think yeah, it is, definitely to check me, it out i'll send you the link you know all the the cultures and stuff it's just that it's not that the country needs to be smaller it's that we need less people and so where it gets tricky though is how do we pick who to kill and because you got to think like if it's going to be a large enough number that any outsider can look at it and find some unifying characteristic that might make it appear to be bigoted we are we are the last uh, thing we want to do a place i don't want to go to being bigoted i'm just (laughs) jesus christ all right it's called Um, a bit pump the brakes did you just text me oh (laughs) i was so afraid that you were texting me like stop terminate this bit (laughs) Please, please be done with the advocating eugenics bit. <laughs> um, do you have anything for the snack cupboard this week? Yeah, we do have something for the snack cupboard. Oh yeah, do it. We do. Wait, do you have yours or did you try? No, it? I ate it. I ate mine. Um, can you tell me about your experience with it? Okay, so um, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it for you. Maybe just. All right. So what Dan has here is the. The new Dunkin' Donuts hot property sponsored donut. It is a, it is a hot uh, ghost pepper and strawberry frosting donut available at For all Halloween, Dunkin's. because ghosts. Yeah. 
So I, I sent, uh, like, can when you, you look at it, the, whether you enjoyed it, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. So while, while you dig in, I'll tell you my experience. So what, what you have here is basically strub, like spicy strawberry frosting on top of a regular, uh, like glazed donut. And the spice doesn't really hit you until you're like two or three bites in. Um, and then there it, it, is. it, yeah. And then it kind of, as soon as you're done with the donut, it dissipates almost immediately. I didn't even finish mine. Yeah. It wasn't very good. It's a sharp spice, but it's not a lasting spice. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what. I uh, I like this a lot, and I'm glad I bought two. The flavor isn't bad. Yeah, honestly, though, like it's a it's a novelty. This is not a lasting donut flavor. It's a fun yeah. idea, but like, like you ever have like a habanero beer, and it's cool because oh, yeah. the beer's spicy. But like, I'm not going to drink a six pack of that. I'm going to have one, and I'm going to go neat, and then I'm going to move to something that doesn't yeah. taste like I'm drinking pepper juice. This ain't bad though. I imagine if I dipped it in my coffee, it would be disgusting. But <laughs> probably, I just don't like Dunkin' Donuts donuts. Um, yeah, on it's the, a crappy donut because as a product. in Philly we have a lot of great donut options. Like, there's a lot of good places to get donuts. Mm-hmm. Byler's, Federal, like all these places have great donuts, and we're we've been spoiled. So when you go back to get a Dunkin' Donut. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? I could have had something much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um. And Dan, I think that took you about probably thirty seconds to just eat that entire donut, maybe less. I'm a fucking slob. Actually, did I mean I to- I told you I was doing a diet, right? Yeah. I eat from three till seven, and that's it. I've been oh, doing really? intermittent fasting. I've- I'm getting some face gains. Um. It's been working rather nicely, but the thing is, from three till seven, um, I eat less because I guess my stomach has shrunk from just not filling it. Because I ate a lot because I'm just a fucking disgusting pig, and I I eat when I'm bored. But uh, right now we're nearing seven o'clock, and I haven't really eaten much, so I put that donut away. Are you gonna eat that? Are you gonna eat the second one? Maybe, but first I'm gonna drink from this brand new bottle that I got. I got one of those swell bottles. Oh, those and are I want to give it a shout out because this thing keeps my water ice cold forever. Like literally a day and a half. Yeah. It's still cold. Yeah, what they did, and I'll tell you what happened with the Swell Company. Um, they were uh, conceived in, I think, 1965. And they only came on the scene uh, this past year and a half, maybe like three years, uh, because they were busy cultivating dark magic in order to keep the, the beverages either extremely hot or extremely cold. And it took them 35 years to get the the dark magic correct. But lo and behold, here we are. Buy your swell bottles at Amazon.com. Use use code hot property. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Tell us. See what, ha- happens. See what happens. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> get back to us. Actually, you know how much this swell cost me? I, I think the Nothing, last time I checked baby. was like 45. What? Nothing. It's like $45 bottles, dog. Dude, go on Facebook. And look for if your town has a buy nothing group. Yeah, I know that I'm. I Are you in a buy nothing group? group. Oh, oh okay, I'm, well. I'm off. Facebook. I got this from the buy nothing group, brand new, never used. It was totally. I'm free. off Facebook because Facebook is terrible. Oh yeah, Facebook is terrible. I have a yeah, swell. Actually, I, buy nothing I do have a swell bottle cat. around here somewhere. My cat was from buy nothing. She's a free cat. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> we got a free cat. It was amazing. <laughs> My house had a water bottle. Your what is? My house. You have? Oh, nice. I got these. Oh, you know what else we just got? I was just reminded by what's behind you. Whoa. Throwing knives. Uh, We got a soda stream from Buy Nothing just the other day. What the fuck, dude? Your Buy Nothing community is so much better than mine. You know what the best part about the soda stream was? Hey, you want this fucking fucking, uh, Build-A-Bear that we got from 1948? It's got a dick hole. What? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't fuck it though. I didn't fuck no, the build a bear. It's for its dick. The uh, <laughs> the, um, the soda stream. Christ. Someone said, "Oh, soda stream." Uh, everybody who wants it, chime in, and we'll raffle it off. And so I lost the raffle, and Jenna lost the raffle. But then someone else in the group messaged Jenna. It was like, "I knew you guys lost the raffle, but uh, I have a soda stream. You want it?" So it was like ancillary to that. What the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah, man. We lucked out. We got a cat, a stream, a swell. 
Joe Biden just emailed me. Joe Biden? I didn't yeah. know he knew how to email. He's really he, old. He doesn't know how to email. It's somebody else for sure. Yeah, probably. Anyway, it's probably Jill Biden. Another another communique from the politics side. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, do you want to do a few stupid questions? Yeah, let's do some stupid questions. I've only, only got a handful. That's right. I got a handful of ghost pepper donut over here. You know what's crazy? I had an apple cider donut like two hours ago because Jenna How went many to a farm with get? her friends the other day. One of the apple cider one was Jenna went like on like a like a farm thing with one of her friends, uh, and so she came back with a cider donut for me because I'm the best. Now, how would you rank the quality of donut of these two donuts you've eaten in the past two hours? The cider donut is the largest gulf imaginable up in donut quality from what is in my hand right now. That's what that I figured. Said, the sheer novelty of this donut that could only be described as probably 3D printed um, is still a lot of fun. And okay. I do recommend this donut as a tasty treat. But uh, if you're like going to get a good donut, yeah, fed dough, Beeler's, some of that shit. Yeah. All right. Our first stupid question is um, going to be easily answered by a song that we both know. And it is Up called... Pops? Is it weird to go out with a guy who sucks toes? I don't know. Just curious. I mean, I don't mind sucking on toes. On toes. I don't suck toes, though. So. No, I don't suck toes either. But I yeah, mean, if, if I was dating someone who was into it, I would not not do it. Yeah, I'll say yes to anything, really. You know what? Why not? That's a, that is a Tenacious D special. And it's not weird to go out with a guy who sucks toes. I'm not going to king shame anybody on this podcast. It's fine. Mm -mm. It's just not for you me. It's I think if your lady's like, hey, can you suck my toes? And you're like, that's new. I say go f make sure they're clean, but then go yeah. for it. Go to town. Why not? Maybe you find something new. The world needs a lot more of that. Explore. Maybe there's going to be a foot back on the Christmas yourself. list. Just if this is going to keep going. It's going to be crazy. You know, maybe yeah. you're the next Tarantino. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying is the possibilities are endless. Yeah, you I can mean, be head over heels. At for this toes. rate, <laughs> at this rate, um, I feel like I'm probably gonna die alone. So if I find a girl that wants me to suck her toes, sign me up for two. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's ten. Two, two feet. Right, uh, I was okay. gonna say two feet. I was say. <laughs> All right. Um, why do gamers have light up keyboards? Does it make them focus or more or something? I would like to understand why. Now, here's a question that kind of hits home for me because I consider myself a gamer. Never understood the light-up keyboard thing. I think it's a fucking... It's like when you get like a kick-ass car, you get the fucking lights underneath it. Mm -hmm. They don't serve a purpose uh, except to get you pulled over. And with light-up keyboards, they don't serve a purpose except for if you bring a girl home, they will walk out immediately. Wait, but see, I, don't, I don't actually have a visual reference for what you mean by light up keyboard because like my keyboard like the, it'll for my be a iPad keyboard has a backlight so i can see it in the dark it'll be a keyboard where the spaces in between the keys light up and like you can change the colors of the keyboard you can even set the keyboard to pulse the color at the sound of what's going on in the screen i don't have a problem with it because like what if it's dark wouldn't that help you see the keys because that's what mine lights up just by itself to, to light up the keys but like it doesn't change color. It just no, it's up, it's like it's like super extra. It's like super extra. Yeah, I mean super extra. If you're just if you're adding some flavor to a functional thing, I say go for it. I mean I'm not going to do it because I don't game on computers. But I also um, hate. If you want to do it? I also hate PC gamers. Suck the toe, fucking light up your keyboard. Why are we hating? Live your you life, what, people. No. You know what, Dan? You're right. There is a group of people that should be killed from America. It's PC games. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. But we have to come up with a way to word it so we don't go, oh, it's PC gamers. But we, yeah. you know, we come up with a bunch of other similar things that link we them say, so we that say we dear... cast a net that has a lot of gamers in it, but doesn't appear to be a gamer net. Get it? We just gamer put up game. posters. We put up posters say, hey, PC gamers free light up keyboards at these locations go to them, and then it's just a cliff that they just walk off of <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah they just get to the one by one by like, one there's bitcoins in the water and then they go <laughs> one by one you just hear 
And then um, we rid ourselves of the most toxic people on the planet. All right, where is a safe? Here's a, okay. So actually, this probably attain, pertains to me after that last bit. Where is a safe place to let my aggressive tendencies fly? <laughs> Go podcasting, baby. When I get stressed and backed into a corner, I often have trouble bringing myself down to a reasonable state through any other method than small acts of violence against objects, such as doors, chairs, office supplies, phones. I've gotten in trouble with this. As in order to calm down successfully, the object must be functionally destroyed and then some. Just hitting stuff doesn't work. I don't want to come across as a psycho. I would never actively hurt anyone. However, I need to see something affected by my anger and lasting order for it to work. I don't know why, but it is the only way I've found. This guy cannot write. I've found to be able to work myself down from hysteria when I'm stressed. What is, an, what is a more effective way to do this? So basically he says... I'm hearing it he as Billy Butcher. He doesn't want like to hurt anyone. Like, it's not enough to hit. It's not enough. Sometimes the physical state of it. it makes you feel better. It really does. I do like that sentence. The, the object must be functionally destroyed and then yeah. some. I mean, so the question is, where is a safe place to do it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, I mean the first answer is, you know pull an office space and grab your fax machine and go into an open yeah. field and, and do the old uh, damn it feels good to be a gangster. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is as long as it's your shit and you're doing it in a place where no one's getting hurt, there's nothing illegal about a good smash. And yeah. If it makes you feel better, then I say go for it. Don't hurt yourself. But you ever think about designating a smash room or a smash closet? That's something that this guy could do. That's something that the Flyers did. What do you mean? Do you didn't hear about this? No, no. Dude, okay, so this is the most Philadelphia thing in the entire world. Okay, at the Wells at the Wells, at the Wells Fargo Stadium uh, for Flyers games last year when we could still go to Flyers games, they made a, uh, a smash room where you, you can pay to go in with a baseball bat and just start smashing shit in the room. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, you arguably you want to be first. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. But like smashing forget- powder, like, oh, oh, this is not <laughs> worth it. I spent three hundred and fifty dollars like, on this. I forgot like what was in there, but it like wasn't anything like dangerous. Like there was no glass or anything, but it was like just like trinkets and like like extra bobbleheads I didn't give away and shit like that. But that's fun. Just just the idea of having a smash <laughs> room a in a Philadelphia stadium. A yeah, <laughs> he just gets to smash his fingers. <laughs> Nothing we hate more than Mets fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can, it's you hockey. It's hockey, so it'd be like a, a It Rangers doesn't matter fan. that it's hockey. <laughs> That's the thing. It's a Mets fan. It's Philadelphia. It's all connected, yeah. baby. Now, I am. Um, it's just Tom, it's Tom Brady with a, with, with a, like, just completely duct taped. Yeah. <laughs> He's completely duct taped. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of footballs that you can just, like, you can either, like, stab and deflate in front of him or just pump them up until they pop while he's just yeah. sitting there like, ah! Also, his kids are there, so they have to watch. Yeah, and his wife's there, and you can fucking smooch on her. She's just pretty. But, That's all that was. Yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing more than just, like, <laughs> peck on the cheek, I think. I don't think I could, I could handle being near her. I'd burst. She's, like, made <laughs> out of the sun. She's perfect. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, I, uh... I think it was Japan that I read about because they have like such a, uh, you know, they, like you think our work culture is intense and exploitative. Yeah, uh, they have to kill themselves if, Japan, they, like, if they put one like report in the wrong order. There's nets around like Apple factories and stuff because people kill themselves so much. That's, that's true that there's nets around buildings because oh, people yeah, are just yeah, like, fuck this, <laughs> dive out the window. That's such a common occurrence that they put nets rather than training somebody and paying them even less. Um, in Japan, though, there's, excuse me, businesses that you can go into and you buy a room and, like, a stack of plates. And then you rent time oh, in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. And you can just smash the shit out of plates and stuff. And I got to say, I think that would be the way to go. Because if you gave me, like, 30 plates, I would maybe do 10 of them in stacks of five all together. But then the rest, I would just ching, ching, ching. I'd punch them and throw the other. I could 
I can think of so many fun ways to smash a plate, and I'd probably come out of that feeling like a new a new man with blood all over his fingers. Well, that's what I did at Chili's. Did you ever smash a plate, dude? Remember that time I fucking I wasn't getting my food from the salad station because he wouldn't. He was like, he needed plates, so I brought over a stack of like thirty plates and just smashed them down on the counter and broke like ten of them. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize 10 broke. I remember when you smashed them down. I do yeah. remember afterwards, though, I was like, right when you came around the corner, I was like, I should stop Steve, but I don't know what's about <laughs> to happen. You were like, you should have stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, there's a piece of me that I was like, honestly, like, I feel like smashing plates nine hours out of every 10 in this building. Yeah. If I can just see some plates smashed, that's okay by me. <laughs> but I just didn't want to get in trouble. My favorite, my favorite plats, mate, plat. Plate, plate smashing story is an accident, actually, because Connor, our tallest and lankiest friend, was uh, bringing about like 40 or 50 plates back from the dish station and then slipped on some water right in front of our general manager and broke all of them. And this was three days before Valentine's Day, our busiest day of the year. <laughs> Which that's a story in and of itself. Like Valentine's yeah. Day. Oh, baby, you want to get God. some bacon ranch chicken pieces? Valentine's Day and Mother's Day were like, people were like clamoring yeah. to have the day off. That's so crazy. Yeah. That place, man. Right, I was actually last... what I was thinking about the other day was, was Lester. I was just uh, thinking yeah. about him. I was like, he was always so nice. But like, what is, what is Lester? <laughs> I would love to know that story. Like, I don't know. He was always so cool. Anytime I talked to him, he was like, you know, just the nicest dude. But like, yeah. I don't know what his story is. And I regret that I'll probably never see him again. And I don't know that story. I'll never get to know that story. That's just part of life. Yeah, but man, Lester. All right. Well, our last question is, <laughs> is it normal? To, he was the dishwasher is... at Chili's. That's, what, that's, the, <laughs> that's the, anyone who's listening. So you know what's happening right now. All right, our last he was question is: but he was also the guy who would fix anything, oh, yeah, no matter what it was. They'd shit. be like, oh, "There's snot coming out of the soda machine," and Lester would just come around with a rag, and it would be done in a few minutes. And then he'd go back to doing dish. <laughs> All right, last question is: Is it normal to cringe at past actions during childhood? There are times where I think and remember something stupid I did as a child, and go, "What the fuck were you thinking? Is that normal, or am I just weird?" First of all. Extremely normal. Extremely normal. Do Especially it all the time. When, like right when I'm about to go to bed. That's I do it every night before I go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. Oh uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone on that. But I fear that I am alone with how often it is. Because I think about. No, that. I don't think you are. Because I I think about it a lot. Like I would say there'll be most days it happens at least once every two hours. <laughs> okay that's a lot i mean i, I do it like no, once or twice I'm a kidding. day <laughs> i'm kidding it's probably once or twice a day but like sometimes i'll be like walking by just like on like a place or like driving by a place where something embarrassing to me happened and oh yeah it'll trigger the memory and then i'll be like oh god i wish i were dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why does anyone like me or care about me <laughs> Oh, Jesus. But yeah, I don't think anybody is alone in that for sure. Um, I think, and I, I like how like there are like memes and shit that I see on Instagram these days where it's like, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that way because otherwise I'd feel like I'm absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. Like, yeah, like there are like, there are like memes where it's like, am I the only one that stays up till three o'clock thinking about every mistake I ever made or is it just me? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's always the worst. My yeah. my brain likes to think about the times that I was a dick to someone I cared about. Yeah. And like Or like even yeah. even a dick to somebody I didn't care about that much, but like I'm at a point now where I don't I don't like that there is somebody out there who thinks that that is still me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's really where the cringeworthy moment, the cringeworthy thought comes in is that you know, I've I'm thinking about like something from like high school or something. And uh, you know, that person is still out there probably not even thinking about this exact oh, moment, yeah. but, uh, but like if they were to be reminded, they'd be like, Oh yeah, that guy's a fucking asshole. But like, I'm not like, I'm not that person. Yeah. anymore. It's, yeah. it's been, you know, however many years I just feel like, I think what, what gets me 
is that I, I think back on like, <sighs> I lost, I lost how I'm going to say it. Well, even, even like, even like Chili's, like there are people that, that like, I'm still friends on the social media that probably think that I'm just a piece of shit. Cause I was a piece of shit at Chili's. Like there were, there were a lot of people that were not favorable of me at all. And I, you know, if they're still out there thinking that I'm the same person I was, I hope that they realize I'm not. Yeah, I feel the same way that, that like, uh, I just used to be an asshole. But, I, but here's, here's where I'm at now. This is what I was going to say, is I wonder if me being so worried about what other people think of, like, things that I did in the past is less me being worried about me and more me projecting this awful thing where I still judge people that wronged me in the past probably too harshly and probably think about it too often. And I wonder if my own paranoia is rooted in the fact that I'm the vindictive fuck holding the holding a grudge, and that's why I fear everyone is holding a grudge at me. That's a very so, salient point. You know, and thinking about that, I think that's probably true. But man, the, it was so much easier to do the work when it was just eh, I'm not a dick anymore. <laughs> now it's hard work. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's definitely a balance. I mean, I think that yeah. there is a, a need for us to forgive those people that we think about and yes. a hope that the people that are probably not even thinking about us have given us some sort of leeway into forgiveness in that sense. But Yeah, I've definitely gotten a lot of leeway and only earned about half of it. But uh, I will say this, a, a few years ago, I was talking to my buddy Josh and he said, he was like, oh, well, this year was my year of forgiveness. And I said, what do you mean your year of forgiveness? He was like, I've decided that any beef I have is just gone. I'm not doing it. I'm not beefing. He was like, I will collect some new beefs, certainly. He's like, but right now, any old beefs, they just have to go, no matter what. And that was his goal, was to just squash all beefs. And I always, I, I always idolize that, because I was like, I want to have a year of forgiveness. But the problem is, like, there's, there's two beefs that I would like to keep. And so I can't do a year of forgiveness, because I'm just keeping these beefs. And you know what? I think 2020 is the year of forgiveness for... Um, at least me, uh, because I hate everything and everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I, the, the, even the people I have beef, beef with, though, um, you know, I still feel like uh, it's beef that if I ever confronted them in real life, I wouldn't hash out. I would just yeah. be like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> just like, you know, move along. And um, those are always so awkward. So it's really I, pointless know. beef because beef means that I am like planning to get comeuppance for an enemy. But I'm not. I'm just holding the beef. So I'm really just punishing myself. But uh, my year of forgiveness will just have to wait because I've still got beef. Yep. And I'll tell you what, that diehard battery commercial, beef. Fucking all the beef. It's a sizzler over here with how much beef I am slinging buffet style. So the year of forgiveness has to wait until my diehard batteries run out of juice on this fucking beef that I have. So, mm. But Argyle, I'm proud of you. Good work. I'm hungry. I I'm not. I just had two ghost pepper donuts. You only got you only got twelve minutes left to, or twenty two minutes left to eat. I'm full. I'm good. I might start so the clock early food. and then I can nah, because I'm probably not gonna eat anything else. I will okay. uh wrap it up early and then twenty hours from now I can eat again. It's usually three, so now it'll be like two thirty. Well, we should wrap up anyway, because we're at time. Yeah. Sounds about right. I'm out of power aid and I kind of have to pee. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was Hot Property. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. Um, if you have any weird snacks that you would like for us to try, please get at us. Follow our Instagram on hot pro- at Hot Property Pod. And uh, I don't know, uh, live your life, suck the toes, eat the thing. Vote. What was the other thing? Vote. Oh, yeah. You should, it's, it's remarkably easy to vote right now, easier than it's ever been. I did it. It's done. I tracked my ballot online. It was collected. We're good. I'm voting We're... in person. Nice. That works, too. If you can vote in it's person. Actually, vote it's in actually person. closer for me to walk to my polling place than it is a mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case, you do that, too. Either way to vote is fine. Either way is safe. Just Get out there and, and, and vote. That's good stuff. And if you work for a voter advocacy group, uh, fuck leave, off. Me leave, me fuck leave me the fuck alone. Do your job. That's great. I got Thanks beef. Doing it, but I'm done. I voted. Yeah.
You want any of this beef? Didn't think so. Leave me alone. Um, I'm at Dan Scully on all the things. You can check out my other podcast. I like to movie movie. Um, and there's going to be a lot of, of film coverage coming up on both Cinema76 and Findy.com because there's festivals on festivals on festivals, baby. And it's getting crazy. Very nice. Very nice. My wife. Uh, oh, yeah. You're going to hear some words on Borat very soon. Yeah. I know. I didn't want to spoil it, but yeah. Anyway, um, you can follow my dog at BB8 underscore the Corgi on Instagram. And um, other stuff. Other stuff. And uh, that's been Hot Property. Stuff. And as always, it's, it's got, to, got be to be good. good. And it's and Got to be live. Got to be live. That was odd. <laughs>